You're listening to a Philadelphia Sports Nation production, enhancing your Philadelphia sports fan experience. What is going on, Eagles Nation? Welcome to the latest episode of the Birds Banter Podcast. This is your host, Matt Loopy, and today we're going to talk about a fun topic. There's not a lot of Eagles news going on. Um, we're going to talk about an all-decade team for the Eagles from 2010 to 2020. Talk about the best players at every single position, build the ultimate team that the Eagles have had these past 10 years. I think this is going to be really exciting to talk about, especially in a time where uh, we're missing out on sports and we're just you know, missing Eagles news in general. The Eagles aren't in training camp or anything right now. They are supposed to report in about two weeks from now, so that'll be exciting to see the team back in action. Um, but overall, the NFL is finally picking up a little bit more steam with some news. We've gotten Jamal Adams requesting a trade. The Eagles were on his list for preferred destinations. I highly doubt that happens. I was thinking about doing a podcast talking about the possibility of Jamal Adams coming to Philly, but with the more information that came out about him requesting his trade and what he wanted in a future contract extension the more that I saw the more unlikely it became for me Um, yes it would be great to have Jamal Adams I think he's the best safety in the league and I think that having him to replace Malcolm Jenkins would be fantastic but if he wants more than 17 million dollars a year because he made it clear he wants to be the highest paid defender on the Jets team and right now, that is C.J. Mosley, about $17 million a year. Eddie Jackson is the highest paid safety right now. I believe that figure is at $14.6 million. And um, I'm in a agent academy right now talking about, um, you know, the workings of becoming an agent. And Joshua Grady, the agent that is um, running point on this academy, is talking about this deal, uh, what it could look like. And he found out that Troy Palomaro's deal several years ago, if you match that to what it would look like in the NFL now with the inflated salary cap, it would be at $16 million. Now, Palomalu is regarded as one of the best safeties of all time, if not the best. So I don't see how Jamal Adams, being in the league for three years, can all of a sudden top what Troy Palomalu would make today. Um, he's not going to get as much as he ex- he's expecting. When you see people you know, re- remake the market, and um, increase the value of their position, it's by half a million, a million, maybe a million and a half per year, your average per year. It's never four, five, six, other than what we just saw with Patrick Mahomes. Um, But unfortunately, it's probably not going to happen. It's going to cost a lot to trade for Jamal Adams, but also to re-sign him long-term. I'm going to put that out of the picture. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with him because this is a very unique situation. Um, Safeties don't really demand this much money, but we'll see what happens. Other news, um, I mentioned Patrick Mahomes. I'm recording this on Monday when the news just came out. Patrick Mahomes, I mean, he just, he didn't just reset the quarterback market. He reset the entire market for all of sports. 10 years, $503 million. Um, It's crazy. The last 
10-year contract that was signed was Michael Vick with the Falcons back in 2004. So over 15 years since we've seen a contract this big um, as far as length. Um, just seeing more and more ab about the language of the deal, it's crazy. Um, I, I believe he deserves it. He deserves a lot of money. But to go back to these long deals, um, I don't think the NFL is going to start adjusting to this and signing players for five, six, or five is is common now, but six, seven, eight, nine, even 10, that's, it's a bit much. Um, I don't think that's going to keep happening, but Mahomes is an anomaly. He's a talent that the NFL has not seen before. If he can continue to be great, this is going to pay off for the Chiefs um, very much so, especially with the inflated salary cap um, going five years down the road. It's going to look like a pretty good deal for him. Anyways, another piece of news that happened was Cam Newton went to the Patriots. Um, this is pretty interesting because the Patriots, honestly, in my eyes, didn't look like a big uh, you know, contender for their division or even the playoffs or anything past that. But now with Cam Newton, their team gets significantly better. I know that they're, they're going to say that it's going to be a battle for um, the quarterback one position between him and Jarrett Stidham. But let's be honest, Cam Newton, when he's healthy, he's a top 20 quarterback in the league, and that's being generous. I think he's top 15 talent. Uh, Bill Belichick is going to have to adjust the offense quite a bit to have Cam Newton in there, but it's going to be interesting. And um, I'm sure New England fans are very happy about having him to replace Tom Brady and not Jared Sidham, who um, hasn't played yet. So it's going to be cool to see that. Um, I think it's a great fit for Cam Newton. Looking forward to watching him. And a lot of people, they're um, hating on the Patriots for a lot of things. I know that they've done illegal stuff in the past, but right now, um, like people on Twitter that I follow, Eagles fans, are upset that the, the Patriots are getting a good quarterback and that they're going to be able to compete a little bit. But, you know, it doesn't really bother me anymore. I I didn't like the Patriots, but after the Eagles beat them, it's like, you know, um, that's it's fine. You know, the Eagles came out on top in the Super Bowl, so um, that's all I needed. Um, Patriots don't really bother me anymore. I know that um, a lot of people don't like them, and they do a lot of shady stuff, which I don't support at all. But, you know, you know let them have Cam Newton. Let them be um, some competitors over there in the AFC because the Eagles came out on top a couple years ago, and right now that's all that we should care about in regards to the Patriots. All right, now getting into the main topic, like I said, we're going to talk about an all-decade team for the Eagles. I know we're missing out on the 2020 season if you want to include all 10 years um, from 2010 to 2020, but um, we're going to go from 2010 to 2019 and talk about who is the best player at each position. First off, at quarterback. This one, it's a tough one to start. Um, the most significant quarterbacks the Eagles have had in this time span has been Michael Vick, Nick Foles, dare I say Sam Bradford, and obviously Carson Wentz, the starting quarterback right now. Um, this was a very tough decision for me because all of these quarterbacks like provided some value to the team. Sam Bradford, obviously, on the lower end of that, but when he played, the Eagles weren't an amazing team, but he wasn't terrible. Um, obviously, there there was better options. Um, drafting Carson Wentz was the right move. Putting him in instead of or trading Bradford and putting uh, Carson Wentz in year one was the right move. However, Sam Bradford, it wasn't like he was the worst quarterback in the league, so he does deserve to be in some sort of this conversation, um, just a bit. We'll, we'll toss his name around a little bit, but Michael Vick, I mean, he was electrifying. He 
honestly has the chance to be the most exciting Eagles player um, quarterback-wise. I know Randall Cunningham was very, very electrifying. Carson Wentz has his moments, but Michael Vick, he was different. You can't compare him to anyone. Uh, Lamar Jackson is getting to that level, but Michael Vick, when you watched him, especially with the Eagles, I mean, it was unreal. Those plays to Deshaun Jackson, um, the Monday Night Massacre against the Redskins, that game against the Cowboys. I mean, he it, different is the only word you can use to describe him. It, it was unlike anything that, that anybody has seen before on the football field. And the Eagles picking him up, giving him a second chance in the league was um, an awesome move for them. They, they played pretty well with him, um, got some awesome highlights, and Michael Vick is going to go down of being one of the most exciting Eagles players of all time. Nick Foles came in after him, and Nick Foles, I mean, you all know about Nick Foles. I mean, he brought the Super Bowl to Philly, done so much for the Eagles. Carson Wentz took over. Um, Nick Foles still intermittently sprinkled, sprinkled in between Carson Wentz's tenure. Um, Wentz has the chance to be the greatest Eagles quarterback of all time. I think he's definitely on track, and he's still very young. He has potential to, you know, grow on his legacy, build upon that. Carson Wentz, I mean, he's shown a lot of promise so far. MVP candidate, uh, I believe he was a third in voting in 2017, has a Super Bowl ring. He did not play, but he contributed very well towards that season. Last year was fantastic what he did those last four weeks. Um, so really the debate right now is between Nick Foles and Carson Wentz. And right now I'm going to have to go with Nick Foles. Nick Foles in my eyes is the greatest Eagles quarterback of all time. And that is because when you think about the biggest Eagles games in recent history, Nick Foles was the quarterback. When you think about the Super Bowl, Nick Foles, the seven touchdown game against the Raiders, Nick Foles, the snowball against the Lions, Nick Foles. That entire 2013 season with 27 touchdowns, only two interceptions, Nick Foles. That year, he went to the Pro Bowl, won Pro Bowl MVP. Had some awesome wins um, in 2018 when he had to step in for Carson Wentz again. Set the, a record for most passing yards in a game for an Eagles quarterback against the Texans. Shut out the Redskins. Amazing football Nick Foles gave to the Eagles. Um, I don't want to bash Carson Wentz by any means because I think he has potential to be better than Nick Foles. But right now, looking at the past 10 years, Foles is the best quarterback um, in this in this debate right here. Uh, so that's why I'm going to start start off with the controversial one uh, because this can go one of three ways in my mind with between Foles, Wentz, and Vic. But Foles is really going to be the one that comes out on top. The next decision is going to be one of the easier ones, and that's at running back. In the past 10 years, the Eagles have had LaShawn McCoy, Darren Sproles, LeGarrette Blunt, Corey Clement, Jay Ajayi, and Miles Sanders. A lot of other running backs in there that we're just not going to mention because, honestly, it wasn't the best days that those running backs have seen in the NFL. But um, those are the biggest contributors right there. And I think everybody can agree that LaShawn McCoy is going to take uh, the, the debate here. McCoy was the best running back of the, the, the decade for the Eagles. You know, looking at the other options, Darren Sproles, yes, he was fantastic. Um, he's retired now, but he was a role player. He played on special teams and a third down back, um, really contributed a lot, but 
He wasn't an explosive all-down back like McCoy was. LeGarrette Blunt only here for a year, um, helped the team a good amount. Corey Clement really only showed promise for a few games, and he just kept getting injured. Jay Jai was up and down, helped contribute for the Super Bowl run, but um, really hasn't been himself since then. And Miles Sanders, yes, he has posted one of the most impressive rookie years out of running back. However, it's only one year. Um, I'm all aboard the Miles Sanders hype train, but you can't compare one year of Miles Sanders to the other few years of LaShawn McCoy and what he did. LaShawn McCoy is the greatest running back um, out of this out of this group right here. Uh, McCoy was so exciting to watch. He can score from anywhere on the field, really. Um, I, I forgot how good McCoy was. I kept watching him um, recently and just seeing what he did on the field in the running game, in the passing game. He was so good. Um, definitely miss having him around. I know there's been some rumors of him coming back to the Eagles and with Devontae Freeman kind of, requ- uh, you know, threatening to hold out for a full season if he doesn't get the money that he thinks he deserves. Um, brings LaShawn McCoy back into the picture. Um, I've been seeing that there haven't been much talk between the Eagles and LaShawn McCoy. Yes, there is some interest, but it's not like they're negotiating with him by any means. So it'll be something interesting to watch. But um, right now, I mean, whether he comes back or he doesn't, McCoy is going to be the best running back of the decade right here. All right, moving right along to wide receiver. This one, it's another interesting one. Um, I think the most contributors that the Eagles have had the past 10 years are going to be Deshaun Jackson, Jeremy Macklin, Jason Avant, Alshon Jeffrey, and Jordan Matthews. You could possibly throw in um, Nelson Aguilar in there just because if he had two decent years, um, 2017, 2018, really contributed to the team a lot. But when you look back on his career with the Eagles, there was more bad than good. Uh, I don't have anything bad to say about Nelson Aguilar anymore. I hope that he can finally succeed with the Raiders because I think he is a talented player. He just hasn't pulled it all together for whatever reason. It just wasn't clicking between him and the Eagles. But those five players, Deshaun Jackson, number one, he has to make it. Um, I know his time was cut short this decade because he went to the Redskins, then the Bucks, and then back to the Eagles. But I mean, there's nobody else out there that can match what he did in that short amount of time. Um, Jackson was electrifying. I mean, I talked about Michael Vick, but when you look back, Michael Vick and Deshaun Jackson, they were the duo. Everything that you saw from Vick was almost going to Deshaun Jackson 90% of the time. Uh, Nick Foles had a lot of success with him. Carson Wentz had success with him week one of last year. You know, you don't see players anymore that can maintain the kind of speed that Jackson does being so old, um, over 30 years old, he's still running over 20 miles an hour. So I'm excited to see what he can bring in 2020, but that's the wide receiver. Number one opposite of him is going to be Jeremy Macklin. I had a lot of trouble making this decision between him and Alshon Jeffrey. Jeremy Macklin, I think is very underrated. Um, his time with the Eagles was kind of outshone by Deshaun Jackson because he was flashier, faster, um, but Macklin, he was a reliable receiver, stayed healthy most of the time. I know he got banged up a little bit, but, um, he was a really good receiver and, you know, you can't say m- many bad things about him. Looking back on Macklin's stats in 2014, his best year with the Eagles, 143 receptions for 1300 yards. That is very impressive. Um, his other years were over 800 yards, um, pretty consistent, but just 
never was the level receiver that um you know Desha- deshaun jackson was but jeremy macklin's still very reliable very good receiver so he's going to be my wide receiver number two and to round things off for the wide receiver group is going to be jason avant jason avant i believe people forget about him um, i remember when i was younger i went to training camp and People were trying to get signatures from him when he was walking onto the field, and he was carrying, um, you know, his gloves and his helmet, keeping his hands full, so he couldn't. He, he could try to not sign the stuff, and he was just like, "I can't let go of this stuff. I got the best hands in the game." And um, at the time, I was younger, you know, watching football, and I was like, "I mean, Jason Avon, you don't see him that much on the field. It's not like he's the greatest receiver, but I mean, watching him." He did have some of the best hands in the game at that time. He he didn't drop a lot of balls. Um, I forget who who it is against, but um, that one catch, the one-handed catch that he had, he had the Odell catch before Odell. I know Odell's was a little bit more impressive because he was getting pulled on his jersey, and it was for a touchdown. But Jason Avant, he did it first. He, he executed that catch um, just as well as Odell Beckham did. And um, I think Avant, when you look at his career, he wasn't the number one option ever. He didn't really need a whole lot of receptions. He never got a whole lot of yards, but he was reliable. And um, I think we can all agree now, especially from 2016 on, 2015 on, reliability, especially at the wide receiver position, is something that you shouldn't take for granted. Um, good hands is something you shouldn't take for granted. So Jason Devon is going to get the nod here over Alshon Jeffrey and Jordan Matthews. Um, Jeffrey, I wanted to keep on the list just because of what he did in 2017, especially that Super Bowl catch. I mean, he was amazing. People don't give him enough enough credit, and I think he's being super underrated right now. A lot of people don't want him on the team or don't think he's going to be healthy, back to normal, but Alshon Jeffrey as the third or fourth best option in this offense is going to be fantastic. He is still a really good receiver. He's got size. He can go attack the football. I'm excited to see what Alshon Jeffrey is going to bring, and Last player was Jordan Matthews. I mean, Matthews has been tossed around with the Eagles year after year. Um, you know, he's he, he's a fan favorite, uh, but he was just never at the level of these other receivers. The next five or six that I'm going to do are honestly some of the easiest to do on this list. Tight end Zach Ertz. I mean, the Eagles haven't really had any other tight ends um, in the past decade. Zach Ertz has been here for a long time. There's been, you know, Trey Burton, Dallas Goddard, Brent Selleck. They've all been really good tight ends, but Zach Ertz has been the most reliable. Um, he's been setting records, the receptions record in the league for tight ends. Back a couple of years, um, he, you know, last year just goes to show how tough he is. He had the lacerated kidney, um, fractured ribs, all of that. He still wanted to play. He still played. So Zach Ertz is... An awesome athlete to have in Philly. Um, I know a couple weeks ago I recorded a podcast talking about a debate between having him or Dallas Goddard in the future. I love Zach Ertz. I know there's a business side of football and that you probably have to make a decision between the two down the road, but Zach Ertz is honestly one of the all-time greats with the Eagles. He's so good, so underrated league-wide because he's not flashy, but he's so good at what he does. Left tackle, I mean, there's no other answer for this. Jason Peters, he's been one of the best left tackles in the entire league. First ballot Hall of Famer, in my opinion. Jason Peters is so good at what he does. Um, He's going to be missed. You know, even last year, two years ago, 
he was super old, older than most players in the league, but he was still a reliable left tackle. It wasn't like he was top five, but he was a top 10, top 15 option for the, for the entire league. And, you know, the Eagles were getting a lot out of him. I think later in his career, he was becoming extremely undervalued because he was getting older. He couldn't keep up as much, but he was still super good. Um, when you watch his workout videos this summer, because he's still trying to play football this fall, surprisingly, um, given his age and everything he's gone through injury wise, he still wants to play. I give him credit, but he's still explosive. He's still fast. I don't know how he does it, but Jason Peters is going to be the left tackle here. At left guard is going to be Evan Mathis. And this is the kind of player that, you know, you kind of just take your shot at them and it pays off significantly. There's going to be another player on this list I'm going to get to in a little bit. But Evan Mathis, he um, he got to Philly in 2011 and he was bounced around the league for a couple of years, uh, different teams, different, you know, situations that he was in. But right when he got to the Eagles, a switch changed. I don't know what happened, but he not only was a starter, but he was a pro bowl and first team all pro. I mean, how many times do you see that? Seven years without being a full-time starter on three different teams. And he gets to the Eagles and was instantly an all-pro. He made two Pro Bowls and an all-pro in these four years with the Eagles. And ever since then, you know, the Eagles haven't had a better option at left guard than Evan Mathis. And when he became an all-pro in uh, 2013, he was 32, 32 years old. He was the oldest Eagles All-Pro since 1965. That's impressive. You don't see many All-Pros in the league at over 30 years old. So Evan Mathis is going to get the nod here. Moving right along to the interior of the offensive line is Jason Kelsey at center. Another player that there's really no debate for. There hasn't been many other options. Jason Kelsey has been the cornerstone of the Eagles offense. Um, Last year, or yeah, last year... During the offseason, um, when Logan Banker was still involved with the podcast, we talked about the five most important Eagles going to the 2019 season. And I believe he had Carson Wentz at number one. Understandably, you know, Carson Wentz, the quarterback. I had Jason Kelsey. And I think when people were listening, they were asking me, why an offensive lineman? This doesn't make sense. You know, you don't hear his name called every play, blah, blah, blah. Jason Kelsey, he's not the most important off. I mean, the most important Eagle. He is, though. When you think about all the injuries that the Eagles have suffered the past years, they've overcome almost every every single injury. I know wide receiver last year is a different discussion, but um, left tackle solved, quarterback solved, running back solved, tight end solved, center. The Eagles haven't had a backup to Jason Kelsey. Good thing they haven't needed one because Jason Kelsey. He can't be replaced. He's an all-pro, one of the best to do it, highest-paid center. And, you know, the Eagles are going to be hurting without him. Whenever he decides to retire, whether it's next offseason, the one after that, Jason Kelsey will be missed because he he's so underrated. All offensive linemen are underrated on every single team. But, man, Jason Kelsey, he doesn't give enough credit for what, get enough credit for what he does. And what he did the past decade, I mean... He's one of the most talented players on this list, in my opinion. Moving next to him is another player that's still on the team. Unfortunately, he will not be playing this year. 
right guard Brandon Brooks. Brandon Brooks was brought to the Eagles in 2016, I believe, and a free agent signing, going to go down as one of the best Eagles free agent signing of all time because, like Evan Mathis, he wasn't, you know, the greatest right guard out there, or greatest guard out there. Texans didn't want to pay him. Eagles swooped in, picked him up. He had some anxiety issues. After that, he's been the best guard in football. The Eagles are definitely going to miss Brandon Brooks this this season coming up. In my mind, I still don't know who's going to replace him. I talked about that a couple weeks ago when the injury happened. I know the Eagles are going to want to look interior into the team and see who can replace him um, already, whether it's Matt Pryor and Nate Herbig or Jack Driscoll. We still don't know what the answer is. I think Matt Pryor's the front runner right now, but Brandon Brooks, he's been fantastic. Like I said, best guard in football since 2017. Um, I know he suffered a couple injuries, the Achilles injury, the rotator cuff, and then again, the other Achilles this offseason. But man, Brandon Brooks, you can't say enough good things about him. He's a dog on the field, Um, came back from his Achilles injury the fastest ever from a football player, and he's just super athletic. Um, Again, another player the Eagles are going to really miss once he's gone. Finally finished the offensive line is right tackle Lane Johnson. Another no-brainer here. I mean, another player that's been here, been reliable. I know he had the mix-up a couple years ago with the PED suspension. He felt that he left his team down, let his teammates down, and um, wasn't the best teammate that he could be. After that, he's been fantastic. Lights out. Um, he struggled a little bit at the beginning of the season last last year. Same with the year before, but, man, he is hitting his stride. Lane Johnson is going to be... One of, I mean, he has potential to be one of the best tackles ever, um, right up there with Jason Peters. He is so good, um, super athletic. The Eagles really got a great pick out of Lane Johnson. They selected him in the first round. A lot of people you know, don't like picking linemen in the first round or maybe the first two rounds. They want these flashy players, these skill positions. However, it pays off. You see how it pays off. Drafting someone like Lane Johnson or getting a steal like Jason Kelsey, the line has to be addressed and Lane Johnson um, you know he's been one of the best in the league and I believe he has a lot more to prove these next couple of years so I'm looking forward to what he has to bring but as far as the past decade you know three of these players are still on team with Jason Kelsey Brandon Brooks and Lane Johnson that's why the Eagles have a top offensive line in the entire league going over to the defensive side This one's going to be interesting because the Eagles have had one of the best defensive lines in the past couple of years, past several years, actually. So defensive ends, we're going to pick two. Um, These are honestly very easy to pick, although the Eagles have had a lot of talent here in the past couple of years. Brandon Graham and Trent Cole. You know, Trent Cole, 38.5 of his 90 career sacks uh, between 2010 and 2014. So he fits right into this decade, you know, almost... Almost half of his production of his career in sacks has been in this decade. Um, he is amazing. He, you know, he's one of those players that, you know, they don't give up. Trent Cole was relentless, and I think Brandon Graham really learned that from Trent Cole because he was so he, he's the same player. I mean, he doesn't give up. He has the same motor as Trent Cole. They're not only giving it their all. Um, in front of the offensive line, but they are finishing plays. They are getting in there into the backfield, um, you know, dominating quarterbacks, punishing running backs. And these players, Trent Cole and Brandon Graham, they're not just pass rushers. They were good against the run too, especially Brandon Graham. You know, how many defensive ends can you see, especially of Brandon Graham's size? 
you see defensive ends out there right now, like Eric Armstead, for instance, he's 6'7", 6'8". Brandon Graham is not, not that big by any means. Brandon Graham can play inside at defensive tackle now. We're not going to see him doing that much at all this season just because the Eagles are loaded at defensive tackle. They have the best defensive tackle group in the league, um, no doubt, with Fletcher Cox, um, Malik Jackson, and Javon Hargrave, but he has versatility. Brandon Graham has been fantastic. He's another fan favorite, just like Zach Ertz and Jordan Matthews, who I mentioned earlier. You know, he, he's so energetic. He loves the team. He loves being in Philly. I'm so excited that he's still around. Even though he's getting older, the Eagles made the right move by keeping him around. Now, defensive tackle, I'm going to go with Fletcher Cox and Benny Logan. Fletcher Cox, there's really no debate with Cox. Um, drafted several years ago, and he's been amazing ever since then. He's honestly been underrated just because Aaron Donald's been in the league. Other great pass rushers have been in the league. But Fletcher Cox, he's been reliable. Last year was, you know, not his best year. Um, he didn't, you know, grade very well. He didn't look very well in tape and in game, but it could have been from injury. I don't know, but he was still good. He His impact in the field um, was still better than most of the other Eagles defensive linemen. He gets into the, into the backfield more often than not. He can take on double teams. I'm super excited to see what he's going to do with Javon Hargrave and Malik Jackson um, next year because, man, I mean, how how can you double team that? Who are you going to pick? They're both, there's a statistic out there that they're both um, double teamed around 50% of the snaps last year. Now, offensive linemen are going to have to pick which one are they going to double team because you can't do both. You're going to leave someone else wide open. Um, Brandon Graham or Derek Barnett's going to you know, swoop right in. If you try to double team both, there's not enough bodies on the offensive line to protect your quarterback against this defensive tackle group. Moving along to the linebacker group is another interesting one. So I'm going to pick three here because the Eagles have been running a 43 defense the past uh, couple years. You know, I know Chip Kelly changed it up a little bit, but they're back to their standard, their standard ways here. We're going to pick three linebackers, two outside, one interior. First one on the outside is going to be Connor, Connor Barwin. Now, Barwin is someone that was with the Eagles for a few years, from 2013 to 2016. Um, unfortunately, he didn't get his Super Bowl ring with the Eagles, but Connor Barwin was a big part of this Eagles team and another fan favorite. Um, he has recently signed with the Eagles, or not signed with the Eagles, but hopped onto the Eagles scouting staff. He's with player personnel and everything like that, working in the front office with Howie Roseman and Darren Sproles, actually, who I mentioned earlier. So it's great to see them getting into scouting and the front office role, um, bringing their knowledge to the Eagles, but um, also expanding their NFL career. But Connor Barwin, in 2014, he was selected to the Pro Bowl, and rightfully so, 14 and a half sacks, 64 tackles. I mean, you can't get much better than that especially for a linebacker. I know he was playing, you know, the 34 outside linebacker, but fantastic football from Connor Barwin in 2014. Um, and, you know, it's not like it was a one-year wonder. Five sacks in 13, seven sacks in 15, five sacks in 16. Still really good football, reliably, reliable tackling, um, very fast player, and he has a great impact in the community right now. Inside linebacker is a debate between D'Amico Ryan's and Jordan Hicks. Both were with the Eagles for a few years. Um, not the longest career, but they both fall into the decade. D'Amico Ryans was here from 2012 to 2015. 
Jordan Hicks was drafted in 2015. So right at the tail end of Ryan's career, um, was brought in to replace him at middle linebacker. And, you know, they both were, they both were really good with the Eagles. Jordan Hicks had potential to be one of the greatest linebackers with the Eagles. When he was on the field, he was creating turnovers here and there, sacks all the time. Um, He was super exciting to watch. He just couldn't stay healthy. And then all of a sudden he goes over to the Cardinals um, this past season and he lights it up. Of course, he's staying healthy. Good for him. Um, Nothing against him. He's a great player, but I'm going to go with D'Amico Ryans here. Again, he was with the Eagles from 12 to 15 in 2012 when he was brought in 113 tackles combined 2013 127 tackles combined that's crazy i mean nobody talks about it anymore nobody talks about his his rookie year he wasn't with the eagles he was with the texans 156 tackles i mean going through his entire career he's been a tackling machine the eagles got him um right in his prime got a lot of use out of him um you know he was a really really good player uh sack wise his best year was, again, in 13 with four sacks, so good production there in that category as well. But D'Amico Ryan's another underrated player. Um, I know that this was tough to decide between him and Jordan Hicks, but D'Amico Ryan's, I think, was just more reliable. Um, he was bigger, just the typical linebacker that the Eagles have been missing for some years now. I really liked what I saw out of him, so he's going to make the all-decade team. On the other end of the linebacker group is going to be Michael Kendricks. Kendricks is another player, <clears throat> excuse me, similar to Jordan Hicks. That when he's on the field, he was fantastic, very electrifying, um, turnover machine, awesome, awesome player. He used to be my favorite player. I remember um, when I was younger, I was playing around with editing pictures and I was doing athletes and sending them to them. Um, got a response from. Trent Cole, who I talked about earlier, sent one to Michael Kendricks. He actually posted it on his Instagram. Still have it saved. I mean, it, looking back on it, it was several years ago. It was a terrible edit. <laughs> I laugh at it every single time, but I just thought it was so cool how I just randomly sent this picture to Michael Kendricks. The next thing you know, I'm scrolling through Instagram, and there it is. Um, so it's still up there. Um, just a fun little fact about him, but Kendricks... You know, he's been awesome. Um, he went to the Seahawks after. Really hasn't been the same since, but again, another reliable linebacker, turnover machine. Um, really liked Michael Kendricks, and I mean, the three of them combined, Barwin, D'Amico Ryans, and Michael Kendricks, makes a really good linebacker group. Now, here is where it gets interesting. Cornerback. Who am I going to pick? So first, when I think about Eagles quarterbacks, I instantly think of Asante Samuel, obviously. And then I'm thinking, was he even in this decade? Okay, so his career with the Eagles is 2008 to 2011. So he just sneaks in. 2010, 2011 was in the decade. He sneaks in, and he was super productive in those two years. Enough that he's going to you know, make the all-decade team. In 2010, seven interceptions. Um, that's the third highest of his career in a, in a single season. Um, you know, still a really good quarterback, cornerback. He played 11 games, 2011, he played 14. He had three interceptions that year. Um, you know, over 30 tackles, he's been reliable, but when you look at the competition against him for this, I mean, Namdi Asamoah, Byron Maxwell, um, Dominic Rogers, Camardi, all of these, you know, big names that the Eagles have brought in Asante Samuel, he's done more in two years than 
any other cornerback in the Eagles history has done, or not history, but in the past decade. So Asante Samuel is going to get the nod here. Um, next to him, opposite on the outside, I know some people might not like this. Some people might. A lot of people are torn on him. Jalen Mills. Now, hear me out for a second. Jalen Mills was drafted in 2016 in the seventh round. When you think about seventh round picks, the Eagles drafted Casey Tuo in the seventh round um, this past year. Nobody's talking about him anymore. Is he going to make the team? We don't know. The odds are high, you know, heavily stacked against him. That's the way it is for most seventh round picks. Most of these players don't even get a chance. They get thrown around in training camp. They're a camp body. Next thing you know, they're cut. They might end up on a practice squad. The odds are stacked against these picks. Jalen Mills, in his rookie year, I don't know if you guys remember, but early in the season, the Eagles are getting destroyed by the Falcons. Cal, or I'm not, I was almost about to say Calvin Johnson for some reason. Julio Jones had two touchdowns before the halftime. Jalen Mills said in the locker room to Jim Schwartz, put me on um, Julio Jones. I got him. What did he do? He shut him down. Less than 50 yards in the second half. That's amazing. His first full you know, usage in the NFL was against Julio Jones, and he shut him down. Since then, he had that, um, you know, he was defending Julio Jones in the playoffs that let the Eagles advance to the next round against the Vikings. He's come up big. He had the pick six against, um, I believe it was the 49ers in 2017. He recently said on Instagram Live story that was his favorite interception of all time, favorite play that he's been in of all time. Um, You know, you know, believe it or not, he actually has a big impact on this team, the locker room. Malcolm Jenkins has said time after time that he, you know, supports Jalen Mills. He thinks he's going to step into a big role. He thinks he's a huge leader, someone that he, you know, has kind of molded into the style of play that Malcolm Jenkins was. Also on the Instagram live that I just referred to, um, Jalen Mills was asked, what are you going to play this upcoming season? Because he's been a cornerback, but then when he resigned with the Eagles this past offseason, everybody says he's going to be a safety. And it's looking like he's going to be the box safety right now. But he said in that Instagram Live, he'll line up anywhere, anywhere the team needs him. Outside corner, slot corner, free safety, strong safety, linebacker, he's got it covered. So I love the, the hunger and determination from Jalen Mills. He's been one of my favorite players, believe it or not, the past couple of years. He was the best corner uh, on the Eagles team last year. No question about it. I know he was hurt. He had to come in late, but he was the best corner on the Eagles team. He's made significant improvements, and I just love his play style. He can get burnt. Don't, don't get me wrong. He does get burnt, but there's not many players in the league that can come back and recover the way Jalen Mills does. The last corner that I'm going to pick is going to be another surprise and another player that hasn't been here for that or wasn't here for that long. That's Patrick Robinson. Patrick Robinson is a player like Evan Mathis, a player like Brandon Brooks. You take a chance on a player and they turn out to be great. Patrick Robinson was brought in for the Eagles Super Bowl year, played slot corner. People didn't, you know, he they thought he was just going to be a camp body. Um, he didn't play well in the preseason at all. If you guys remember in the training camp, not, not much was good said about him. Eagles coaching staff trusted in him. He ended up being, you know, an amazing slot corner, one of the best in the league. Um, unfortunately, he walked the next year and went back to the Saints where he started his career. They paid him a good amount of money. But Patrick Robinson, man, he he was locked down in the slot. Um, and if you guys remember, I'm sure you all do in the Vikings game, when he had that pick six that really 
you know, sparked the Eagles win 30 or 31 unanswered points after that pick six. So Patrick Robinson is going to get it. I know he's only been here, was only with the Eagles for one year, but like Asante Samuel, like Jalen Mills, the talent that is against them for this position of all decade team at cornerback, it just doesn't compare. They've done more in a smaller sample size than others have done in a larger sample size. So Asante Samuel, Jalen Mills, Patrick Robinson, those are the cornerbacks for the all-decade team. All right, now to finish things off, the safety group. Now, the two players I'm about to list had, you know, possibility to be one of the best safety groups in the league for years to come. Um, if they started a little bit earlier in their career in Philly, um, ended a little bit later together, they were exciting to watch. Malcolm Jenkins and Rodney McLeod. Malcolm Jenkins... You know, everybody knows about him. He barely missed a snap when he was with the Eagles on defense and special teams. He could cover anyone. He could blitz, line him up anywhere, and he's going to make a play. I know as he got older, he started moving closer to the line of scrimmage, but that was fine. He was making plays on running backs, plays on tight ends. He never gave up. Another player that had a, an amazing motor. Never gave, on, gave up on a play, never gave up on his team. When the Eagles' defense fell apart, either in-game or due to injury, Malcolm Jenkins was the reliable one. He is a no-brainer for the all-decade team. And I know when he was signed, a lot of people uh, wanted different players to be signed. They didn't want Malcolm Jenkins. He proved the entire city wrong. Malcolm Jenkins is going to go down as one of the greatest Eagles players. Um, you know, he's not as good as Brian Dawkins, but the Eagles haven't really seen a safety like Malcolm Jenkins other than Brian Dawkins. He is an amazing player. He does so much for the community, so much for the entire nation. Um, super, super honored to say that the Eagles got some of the best years out of Malcolm Jenkins. I know he went back to the Saints. He started his career with the Saints, kind of like what Patrick Robinson did. But, um, you know, Eagles fans should be super proud to have Malcolm, Malcolm Jenkins and some of those biggest memories, especially the Super Bowl, um, in Malcolm Jenkins' name. Safety next to him is going to be Rodney McLeod. They had the pleasure of playing together for a good amount of time. Rodney McLeod, another player on here that's been extremely underrated, in my opinion, because McLeod, as a free safety, you know, the Eagles ran a lot of schemes that they moved their safeties in, like Malcolm Jenkins put him in the box. Um, McLeod just kind of held things together. In 2018, when he got hurt towards ACL, um, defense kind of fell apart. Avante Maddox had to move back there to replace him, but there was no safety net. There was no McLeod hanging over the middle, waiting for a big play to happen so he could get an interception, lay a big hit, make a tackle, whatever it is. He was not there. And the team hurt. Last year, I think, was honestly, in my opinion, his best year of football. Um, he did struggle a little bit um, towards the middle, but he started very strong. He Ended up finishing second in tackles, first in interceptions. He was super, super reliable for the Eagles. Um, look back against the Patriots in the Super Bowl. When I rewatched the game um, a couple of months ago, when he made that tackle on Brandon Brooks, it was a game changer in the entire game. Um, the Patriots were driving. They were about to score. If, you know, McLeod doesn't make that tackle, number one, the Patriots are getting a first down. Look at the end zone. But they run up that scoreboard. The Eagles are going to struggle to claw back into that game. McLeod stood up, made the play, one of the most important plays in that Super Bowl. Um, he's just been reliable. 
straight up reliable for the team, um, for the city. He's done a lot of things for the city of Philadelphia. I'm glad that he's back, and the Eagles have a lot of options back there with him. Um, he's really the only rangy safety that they have right now in the group between Jalen Mills, Kalon Wallace, and Will Parks. I really wouldn't put any of them at free safety other than Rodney McLeod, and that's fine. He's, he's a really good safety. Top 15 uh, free safety in the league, in my opinion, and um, I, I think the Eagles are going to get a good two years out of him uh, before his contract is up. Excited to see what he brings to the table. All right, everybody, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. A little, little different, a little unique, talking about the Eagles all-decade team from 2010 to 2020. So I reviewed who the best players were, in my opinion, at every single position, building an ultimate Eagles team for the past 10 years, and looking, you know, if if this team was together, if they teamed up for a regular season, man, they, they'd be a really good squad. Um, really, really dynamic players here, versatility, um, explosiveness, really good group out of out of this decade that the Eagles can hang their hat on. So looking forward to the season. Um, again, we put podcasts out every single Wednesday. I know I took a little bit of a break, but that's just because it was slow. But um, I'm back every Wednesday. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever it is, so that when Wednesday at midnight hits, it's instantly going to your phone. You can watch it, or not watch it, listen to it whenever you want. Follow us on social media, Birds Banter on Twitter, Birds Banter PHL on Instagram, trying to get um, some more exposure out there on Insta- on Instagram and Twitter. Going to be posting more, so make sure you check us out there for some great content. And um, as always, thank you for the support, whether you're new to the podcast or um, you've been supporting for you know a year or two now. Really support. Uh, I really appreciate everything, and make sure you tune in next time for more Birds Banter. And go Birds! to be